Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like Adele. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey, everybody. What's Welcome up? To, what's up, man? Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 239. And I'm your first host, Mike Shinoda. And I'm host number two. Um, damn it, I can't think of any famous <laughs> black people off the top of you my can't head. can't think of any famous black people? Not a single one, Corey. Oh, wow. I'm misrepresenting black males everywhere. Um... I'm host number two, Denzel Washington. I'm host number three, uh, Matt Stone. <laughs> nice. And yeah. this is, uh, we're celebrities for crypto. That's what this podcast is called. You thought you were getting the Bitcoin podcast. You're wrong. So Another holiday you. episode. Yep. Holiday. It's the New Year episode where we don't know what the hell we're doing this year. So we're going to wing it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to wing this for you guys. So, um... I'm actually Dem Tarek, host number two. So just in case you're wondering, um, I don't know. We're making predictions for the new year. Is that what we're gonna do? Do you, I feel like we did that like last year, last week? Did we not? I don't know. I forget. Oh no, I did that on Crypto Cousins. I uh, listened to that. Good yeah. job. Good job. Grazie. Did you enjoy it? Gary Gary won't let me on the show because I'm abrasive. So Demetric was the perfect guest. It was good. Yeah. It was calm informative it was a good episode do you not feel that you're abrasive i'm super abrasive <laughs> i was hoping you'd go fuck yourself <laughs> go fuck yourself you should be a cop maybe maybe yeah. not maybe go fuck yourself yeah so we have someone already on the line because we opened them up and he was here oh, before man. we even started the show yeah matt say what's up how's it going matt so guys so uh who are you what do you do what do you want to know? I just got the uh, channel mention on the Slack, and I'm sitting here uh, just in my apartment, not doing much. I'm a, I run product management for nothing new with crypto. It's a uh, talent acquisition startup uh, based in the West Village in New York City. Nice, so lucrative. Are you? <laughs> Guess me by. Are you? Uh, what is it called? Like longtime listener, first time caller? Exactly, one of those. You're just nice. hanging out in the Slack, chilling. Yep. Keeping a low profile. What What's do you your... think about 20? Go ahead, Corey. You go first. You started it. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you think about, uh, what do you think about 2018 and us going into 2019 with crypto? <laughs> uh, what do I think? Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm trying to remain optimistic. I'm, you know, coming from the product perspective, obviously usability is huge for me. Um I work with a lot of UX designers, a lot of the, you know, the products that I interact with from, you know, the, the level at which I come into the space from, um, it's lacking a bit. So to me, I'm just, I'm kind of wondering why it's so poor given the amount of attention, like someone such as myself, uh, provides to UX as a whole. So I'm hoping, uh, this year is the year where, you know, in addition to a lot of like the underlying backend technology that we can start providing a little better UX to the space. What is that? What what do you mean by that? Like, what can you can you define what it means to have better UX? The, yeah, the the user experience. So when you deal with a lot of the applications, a lot something as simple as just a you know working with a wallet. I think you know if you talk about trying to get your your grandmother, your mother, uh, even just a non technical friend to work interact with some of these applications out there, they have to be pretty well versed in technical components of the space and. You know, at least my friends, I work with a lot of people that are, you know, in financial services, in sales, like they know nothing about Bitcoin and it's completely foreign to them to try to 
explain, you know, how private keys work. That's just completely, completely foreign to them. And I think, you know, if we're going to get anywhere, we talk about like, you know, on your guys' podcast, onboarding all the time and on-ramping um, until the user experience gets better and it becomes like dead simple for those types of people. I think we're just going to be building software for just ourselves. And, you know, as we all know, this thing's going to blow up. We've got to start bridging the gap into some of these mm-hmm. other, uh, you know, less informed, less technical folk. I got some comments for that. What is wrong with building something for yourself? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just being like, uh, what's it called? Devil's advocate. Was it, was it Al Pacino? <laughs> yeah. I'm the fucking devil. Anyways, uh, that's not how the line goes, but, <laughs> um, a lot of people made a lot of great things because they were just like, you know what? I need to make this thing for myself. And then it becomes like a tool that everyone uses or uh, maybe even a software program that everyone uses. Um, what is so wrong with that? What's wrong with taking the, hey, let's just make this as easy and as great for ourselves as we can get. And then if people choose to tag along, then they tag along. Well, because, I mean, then then that app only works for that one person rather than like a collective hive of, of creatives and marketers attacking the problem from uh, the point of view of it appealing uh, to the layman. You know what I mean? Marketers. Well, from a value perspective, it, it, you have to have, like, the larger the community, the more valuable the token because that's what you use to interact with the system. And if it's just for us, we're a relatively small amount of people, so the price could never really get that high. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of what we have is a you know a solution looking for a problem, um, and you know the bigger the bigger this gets, the more people that get onboarded, it starts to like to, to pivot a bit and becomes a little bit more about you know we, the larger this gets, the more problems we can start to solve with it. Right now, it's just kind of a, a bunch of really disparate. Mm-hmm angles we're we're, um attacking i think within i was gonna say within the greater blockchain community i think there's a lot of solutions looking for problems i think if you just look at cryptocurrency and especially bitcoin it solves a very very big problem a huge problem that's so big it becomes convoluted when people in power get a hold of it i mean it's just that's a that's a big problem bitcoin solves and when you use it, like actually send Bitcoin to somebody that you do or don't know and you see it pop up and you're like, whoa, and I didn't need a bank to do that. I didn't need anybody's permission to do that. I just sent them money. That's a big problem that's been solved. Yeah, um, but from a user now, perspective, the end user perspective, Venmo does that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, but well, how do you get people to care? I said didn't need a bank. Yeah, but they don't. What are they? Exactly. They don't care. So that's the problem we run into. Well, what if I said, hey, look, Bitcoin's 10 years old now. What if I said cryptocurrencies need not be for the average Joe, in my opinion? They work well in supply chain, business to business, financial operations, and generally as a ledger, as a transfer of value, crypto may always be too volatile to be cash, but it definitely will have applications in the future. What if we just approached it from that, that POV? That, that I think that's going to happen. Maybe not completely negating the cash aspect, but like businesses are going to get better. You see, I, mean, I don't know if it's just jockeying or marketing uh, bullshit, but you see companies like PayPal doing internal incentive systems for their company, right? Mm-hmm. Like they just they they run they're running a blockchain an internal blockchain system that allows them to like participate in innovative projects, gain crypto credits whatever like their paypal coin whatever the hell they're calling it and then they can redeem those coins for various things that the company offers but there's no value of it outside of the company so it's 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 running a useful internal value trading system for companies in which they can then leverage in various different ways or integrate different systems into it so you have a central ledger across the company they can keep track of but there's no real value to it um and you'll see other companies start to do stuff like that but like there's never going to be value associated with those things because it's only within a certain certain company. It's very much like that intranet versus internet thing. We don't have the technology to bridge that gap yet. We, we thought we'd have it a couple of years ago, but as we saw last year, and you know, if you look, if you think back to like what we were saying in the beginning of 2018, 
it was this is the year of shipping product like we're going to see so many things come out and be and go live in production and that didn't happen because it's really hard yeah. to ship this stuff what does shipping it look like to define that you have a, you have a product in production on mainnet with a user base that grows like we have we had a few products the big the big ones ship things that are like final releases and they're and they're growing and they're just trying to grow versus people who are just trying to figure out how their backend system works for like initially and they're just kind of experimenting trying to figure out how to use the tech in a novel way with a tremendous amount of money kind of depending on the evaluation at the time and no product shipping and a lot of products that are just basically walked away from their initial ideas and they like mm -hmm. said, we're going to build this thing. It's going to be awesome. We'll have it out next year. And they're like, eh, just kidding. We're going to take this money and leave. So to go back to Matt's statement on usability and this stuff being usable, isn't there like a triangle of like usability, security, and then something else? And then if you focus too much on one, then you sacrifice in the others. There's like a, what, what, a what is the third? Yeah. What's the third I don't know. leg I don't, of that? There's a, a, you know, a whole it was the big one. Of we, those. There's a splooge. Uh, there's a splooge. It was like functionality and ease of use. Functionality, ease of use, and security. Right, and that, that's the trilemma. And I feel like if we're going to go hard in the paint on ease of use, then we're going to open ourselves up to having to create new specialized blockchain middlemen, because they're going to be the people that we trust in the entities that we trust to secure that ease of use and functionality. So I don't know. That's the way it feels. It's going anyways. So I've been saying for months now, it's like, it feels like we're just going to introduce new movement. There's going to need to be new plumbers, new, new uh, systems of trust that we just get used to. And we've got new middlemen now, but they're wearing Daft Punk helmets instead of, I just don't know how much how much employment is going to be booming this year. I don't really know how much build. I've been saying this to much disgust to everybody, but you can't build biddle when there ain't no goddamn money in the ecosystem. And now, <laughs> well, we but nobody wanted to hear that. Move away from the ICO model and go back to traditional VC funding of of like holding people to milestones and having some tutelage. Like if you think about people who did ICOs, they don't have that. Uh, the the main benefit of most venture capitalists or, or investment firms of the tutelage that comes with it and the connections and the kind of uh, people looking down and making sure you're doing things that you're supposed to be and meeting deadlines, things like that. Otherwise, you don't get money. If you give people just a buttload of money and none of the tutelage, then it, like a lot of these engineers are just going to fumble around. It doesn't have that to be that way. If you look at... Oh, sorry. Quite if you look at something like Augur when it first launched, yeah. um, you know, it kind of had a slick interface, but it, it really didn't. When you kind of dug into it, it was not intuitive to to log into, to use. And there were some like, you know, technological constraints as to why things were slower, but you know, in large, it was it was a it's it still is kind of a difficult app. And it's the concept is simple. It's just, you know, betting markets that should be something that if you get some kind of run-of-the-mill UI designers, a team that's really focused on really just getting users to, you know, within a couple clicks, be able to create some bets, you know, that that should be something straightforward. It just seems like the space right now as a whole is much more focused on the back-end technology, which it needs to be. But, you know, if you really want to talk about onboarding folks, I think there needs to be a lot more uh, concern and resources thrown at just some simple front-end issues. I don't think in terms of like outside application of blockchain, we should be onboarding folks too much. I mean, the, 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 like the other application stuff, the things we're trying to find novel use cases or build like the infrastructure, infrastructure of the decentralized web, like Web3, if you will. Um, I don't know if we should be onboarding too many folks, like real end users that don't care yet. But as for like cryptocurrencies, sure, they can use it. That's fine. If you go use Bitcoin, if you want to play with blockchain, go use Bitcoin. Treat it with your friends, use it, save it, so on and so forth. But like, I don't know how much we should be pandering to people who don't understand what's going on to um, other people for all these other use cases yet. 
unless it's unless we, unless we make it dead simple, like you're saying, and we're capable of doing that, then oh, Tim joined us and left. Sorry, Tim, join us back if you want. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's it's the tech isn't there clearly. Otherwise, people would be shipping product, uh, or like we're, we're running into so many problems with trying to educate the user on how to handle and manage private keys that their intuition that came from the internet isn't good in this area. So what do we do? Like we, it's, it's such an educational gap to get people to understand why this is interesting or why it works differently. Otherwise, if we just give them the, the use case that they're used to, we'd become custodians again, which is the whole point of not doing it, of doing it this way. Is that, I mean, my, I always thought people got in the space because of the price and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, Hey, you could be a millionaire. Cool, you got my interest. Oh wow, there's basic attention tokens and auger and status. Wow, this is a really cool space. I think I'm gonna poke around and see how these companies can transform the world going going further. That's that was always my entry point, and I think that's the way it should should be. I don't think people need to be, oh, I can be my own bank now. That's cool. Uh okay, I guess I'll stick around. That's not sexy. It's not gonna get people interested. It's you not know, sexy, but it's a dense enough why to perpetuate. I don't think it is. I'm you're going to like... buy cereal because there's going to be a prize in there, and you don't care how the cereal tastes. You're going to buy it for the prize, and then you might stick around for the taste. Well, you don't have a reason for it, though. Maybe like if you're fucking six, you <laughs> buy cereal for the prize when they're a grown adult. I don't know. I, I mean, just... it's it's it depends. Like if you have a use case for it, like I'm interested in this being like this tech being able to help me as a content producer connect with my audience in a more direct way and have, you know, this like community of people that have, you know, exchange interactions with value as well as like incentivizing people to participate and doing all this cool stuff and getting paid for it directly as opposed to a middleman taking out all those, all that, all that profit, all that, um, all the, all the things that people who like my show would like to give me the platform that I'm using takes all that. I would rather, I'm interested in this tech, this, this intermediating that type of stuff. And so that's just me as a content producer is interested in that. And there's a thousand other things that this could potentially disintermediate, like, you know, people with, you know, shitty governments who can't control their money. They can, they can actually store value and not be withhold, beholden to like the price fluctuations of their local government. We don't feel that because we're not there to experience it. And so, like, we don't see it as something that's sexy or, or we care. Like, those people aren't trying to make money. They have a real use case. We don't see that type of stuff because we don't have those use cases. Like, we don't need them. What? I have a question. What, Matt, since you work at, at, in product development, what's so hard to use about Coinbase? I feel like it's pretty straightforward. Well, no, I, I think Coinbase has nailed it. They made it pretty dead simple. I think Coinbase, but... You, you know, and make the argument that it shouldn't really be that hard. It's a very simple app. You log in, you make a payment. You either, yeah, there's not too much going on there for them to kind of screw up. And they clearly made an investment. I, I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know how many people work there and how many people are in their product departments, but they clearly have a lot of people that are worried about current trends in user experience design. And they have successfully implemented that within the application itself. So like, Coinbase is an example that did it well, but then again, I don't think they're trying, like they're, the problems that they're trying to solve are hard on like different sides of things, not just really the the core apps, like the mm-hmm. what the users interact with. Now, if, I'm, if I'm going in cold though, and I'm, I, let's say I'm new to crypto, I got my $10 referral fee, so I got sent there by somebody else. I didn't listen to any Andreas Antonopoulos talks, and I'm inside the dashboard of Coinbase and I hit send, and a 20-digit code comes up, what happens? I bet you anxiety happens, you know? I, I I think the UI is great, but when it gets to that point where they have to send and receive money based on long-digit codes, and if they get one number wrong, if they get one letter wrong, it, there's no prompt that says, oh, this code's invalid or this code doesn't exist. Uh, no, you just no, lose they, your money. They, they, do, they do, at least with Bitcoin, they do check some checking on on that uh badly formed uh addresses uh, ethereum has some checksumming most things have a form of checksumming so if you if you enter a bitcoin address wrong and the checksum of the address that's built into the address doesn't check out the client can tell you that you entered it and wrong so there's some there's some aspect of that but like there's still the end user doesn't know that 
And if the and if the wallet isn't good and doesn't do that checksum checking, then they they could just sit it off and it'll never it'll never actually go through. And they have to wait days and figure out wonder why their coins are gone. True that. So good UI, good UX means the end user is informed every step of the way. It doesn't matter how intuitive the navigation is or the dashboard. The end user needs to be informed f- using the site. I would agree with that. Good. Like it's options. Like you make you set defaults that are uh, best practices, and then give them the options to change with the information available to for like why they would make that change. But like at the end of the day. I think it's, this is important because at the very base layer, you have all of those options and you can choose whatever you want. So if you want to be a power user that controls everything themselves, isn't reliant upon anybody, you do your own consensus checking by running your own node, you handle your own keys, so on and so forth, you can do that. But if you want to offload some of that convenience, you can do that too by using like a custodial service like Coinbase. And since you have the options, it's nice. Whereas previously, before blockchain, you didn't have those options. You just had to, had to use the system that you were given. Yeah. But like we're going to see a lot of those custodial services and middlemen that he's talking about because most people are fine by offloading okay. that stuff. They don't care. But like for the power users, for the people that do care, for the, for the cases where you need that, then you have them. I'm all right with custodians, middlemen. People just don't care, and they don't have the time to care to learn this at the depth to not have one. So that's just the way things are naturally going to go. So in my opinion, sorry, I need to throw that on there. Well, then how's the space mature if people don't care? Huh? How's the space going to mature and progress 10 years in? Where you keep saying that like 10 years is a long time. It is a long time. It's a long Dude, time. We're 33 years old and saying 10 years is a long time is not even reflective of the fact that we're old. Well, you, th- you think we were going to start a podcast? Period of time. You think we we're going to start a podcast and podcast for 20 years so the space can finally mature? We're going to be like podcasting our 50s saying we finally did it. No, I don't. I never set out to do this with like an end game in mind that like, yeah, we did it. I did. Who, who wants to be a part of something that takes 25, 33 years? To I apologize. I do. At your short-sightedness, my friend. But no. 10 years is not a long time. It is a long time. We're not in the 60s anymore. Technology doesn't have to take 40 years to mature. You come out with Twitter, you wait a year, boom. That's just yeah. that's, that's adoption. You've been saying this a few times, and I want to try and like tell you why that's different, right? Like this, we're not building something on top of all of the infrastructure that currently exists. This is it. Like it's I said this before. It's inherently different. And when you're that low in the stack, when you're building that low level infrastructure, it takes a while for people to transition into it, especially when they're so accustomed to the previous one. Twitter was built on top of the internet. It was the social. It was the Web 2.0 movement that was built on Web 1.0. There's nothing that it did other than just use centralized infrastructure better for social interaction yeah and this is completely I, different and that and the time not, it takes to have that adoption not, is completely is, different you, you can't just build something and it be you're not, you're not reinventing the wheel you're not reinventing the wheel you're taking centralized things and you're making it decentralized you're taking the concept of money and you're making it unbanked you're not you're not breaking down any barriers here you're, you saying that is alarming because it's very different. It is a n- totally new system. It's sorry, not, it's not. It's not. You don't understand what's going on. You don't know how it works because you, it, yeah, that's, that's a that's a clear on. indicator that you don't know how different no, no, no. this is. I'm I'm not in the computer geek bubble here. I get it. I'm talking about from mainstream adoption. They're not going to see that. They're going to get a, a hardware wallet and they're going to say, well. Why am I getting away from Venmo? Why am I getting away from PayPal? Why is Arcade City better than Uber? No, why should I choose this over that? that? There's, there's, a, that there's, there's a truth in the fact that the, the use cases right now that we've come up with for using this type of brand new, completely different infrastructure technology isn't that different. And that's because people don't know how to come up with new things very easily. It's very difficult to try and come up with new human use cases. It took a while for Web 2.0 to come around because... People didn't realize you can do that type of shit with the internet yet. It was basically just hosting web pages on what the Firebase or whatever the fuck it is with scrolling text and 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 fire text. Like yeah, you know, it was like it was look terrible websites just putting up information and people wouldn't realize you could do something with it. And that took a while for that to happen. 
And it took a while for the for the actual hardware to be good enough to be able to support that type of stuff, for the internet connection speeds to be good enough to support that type of thing. Streaming videos took a long time because you had to build the infrastructure to get to the point where you could do that. We didn't just have streaming video when we were on you know, 28 baud modems because the, the hardware, the way the infrastructure was built, wasn't there to support it. And that takes a while. And we're early in a brand new infrastructure, which takes a while to get to the speed, usability, transaction times, whatever the hell you want to talk about, to get to the point where we have cool use cases that give you brand new ways of interacting. And until then, we're just going to keep recreating the same shit, and it's not going to be better, so no one's going to use it. Yeah. I agree with that, hundred percent. But like, it's that it, 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 it's that's I think why we're having such a hard problem with this is because we keep recreating shit that everyone already knows, and we have a better, in terms of usability, version of it using centralized infrastructure. And since no one really cares, then it's all speculation. Yeah, like the the biggest news story that came out of DevCon four was like cum swaps. Like that's where we are ten years into the space. Like, give me a break. I mean, I um, thought the, I thought the zero knowledge proofs were pretty fucking cool, but yeah. I thought it was fucking cool too. But I'm I'm saying that most of the newsworthy stuff and most people talked about was stupid spank chain, and then like three weeks later, like half their team got laid off, and it's like, oh, I can watch oh, with Ethereum okay. spank. Okay, I was lost in the sauce for a second there. I was like, what cum swaps? Lost what? in the sauce? What were you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Or you think I was almost of... I was almost embarrassed for the space that we're we've been in this for ten years and that's just that's like the the best thing since sliced bread. I don't know. Like I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Well, I think what Corey said is interesting. Like, how would you reconcile the statement you just made with the fact that so if we're not onboarding, if like my girlfriend is not joining the space, she's not getting on Coinbase, she's not buying things, and all of my friends, my like crew in New York City, who's not super technical, if they're not getting involved, they're kind of indirectly responsible for creating a bit of a buzz that then ignites a bit of a fire within the engineering crew that's surrounding it, thinking that this is an exciting space. Ultimately, we need more engineers involved to build out more of this underlying architecture. And if the star starts to fade a bit, you only have kind of the core people who have been in it since, you know, back in the day, since, you know, Satoshi wrote the white paper, like, if you only have that group of people, I think the growth is going to be so slow. I, so I kind of feel like, although I get the point that we don't need to onboard everyone and their mother into the space right now, without that buzz, I feel like a lot of the engineers that we need to keep building are, are going to start dropping off. Right. Yeah, you're right. There's, a, there's an aspect of that. It's, mm-hmm. Think about just the podcast and our numbers, for instance. Uh, we we, we our, our listener numbers go quite well with the price of Bitcoin in terms of how many downloads we're getting every episode. Um, but after every pump, if you will, every price fluctuation, we have a massive number of people who are curious. They start listening. And then when the price goes down, a lot of those people drop off because they lose interest in the technology altogether. But at the end of the day, the numbers after the pump are larger than the numbers beforehand. And because a percentage of those people who come stay, and so these these ups and downs bring people in, and the, only a percentage of those people are going to end up staying because they were the types of people who were captivated by the technology and don't really like really. Everyone cares about price. That's not everyone. That's true. If you say you don't, you're you're a liar. Uh, and but like the people who like really care about the tech as well as the price, they end up staying, and they're the ones that end up continuing listening to us if or if they, if they keep the analogy going forward, right? And I, I don't know how to reconcile those two things. Like we need people to come in. We need to incentivize them somehow to get them to get their foot in the door so that they can figure out and start learning and understanding things. Uh, and then that I think the price is the best way to do that. It's the easiest way to do that. That's for sure. But it's also the easiest way to like have a lot of people lose a lot of sh- lose a lot of money. And so how do you reconcile that? Like if that's what you're going to use to get people into the space, to get them attached to the tech, is that okay if like 80% of those people end up losing a bunch of money through bad investments? That's why adoption has been so slow in 10 years. Because we have, we have, that's the way it's been, a, a, a wash rinse cycle. I, my personality terrible. when I approach people nowadays, when I when they like figure out I work in crypto is, is I say, when they're like, what should I invest in? It's like, don't. Like 
maybe buy some Bitcoin, maybe buy some Ethereum, put it away and don't don't look at it for a long time. Um, don't use any money you need, that's for damn sure. And in terms of like, it's going to be around for a long time. I well, It's my career. And wait, like eventually we're going to have some really cool shit you can do. And then you'll start to use it and it'll be it'll, like you'll understand why it's there or why we've been spending all this time talking about it. I don't think we're there yet. And so I usually don't like, I'm not trying to like proselytize everyone into bringing coming into the space like we kind of started out doing. Well, hold on. Let's let's think about adoption for a second. Let's try and break it down. How many apps do you use on your phone, Matt? Uh, on the daily basis, 15 to 20 monthly 40 okay Corey. i don't even know two minute account just just take it just take it through i would say i would say what matt just said is a probably appropriate for for me too don't be a hooker man thinking you give your own answer don't don't steal off of his answer fuck you i can do whatever i want hooker cello how many do you use i'm on the low end i use between three and five okay how many new apps are released on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis? Probably on a yearly basis, what, tens of thousands? Mm-hmm. So that means that amongst just the four of us here, less than 1% of those apps have a stand have stand a chance of being used the next year. What's this big deal about adoption? Like, I don't understand. Apps don't get used. They get used, even games, they get used for like three months and then people move on to the next, what game is going to get my nuts warm next? Like, you use your banking app maybe once or twice a month if you if you got your finances streamlined. Maybe you're in it a little bit more if you're nervous about your checking or savings account. Like, these things don't get used a lot. So what's this big deal? Like, Crypto was, I don't understand what's adoption supposed to look like. How are we going to define what I'll tell you what like. adoption looks like. Take someone like Ken Bozak and introduce the concept of crypto to them. Look how his life turned out. He ate it from one second in. Now take one of Matt's coworkers, explain Bitcoin to them, and they don't give a shit. That dynamic is way too broad, and that is what's stopping mass adoption. You need, to, you need to create a concept in the cryptocurrency where every time you introduce it to somebody, they see the benefits, and they get enthusiasm, and they buy in. Right now, it's way too broad. I agree with your that. Ana- your analogies right now is, comes from a maximalist who's trying to relate to different things to support your arguments. But it's, this is a broken system right now. We haven't figured it out. I agree with that. What what exactly did you just say had anything to do with what I was trying to define? Because that's what people do when they when they when they want to support their argument, they take analogies and examples from other spaces and they try to relate it to crypto. It's not the same. Yeah, but it's, but Guy's saying you literally but, just did that to start your argument. No, I'm telling you this is why the I mean, if I take two different people and I explain the concept the exact same way, it can transform somebody's life. And then the other person cannot give one shit about it. Yeah, but think about this, Cello. Like, from, from D's perspective, is that like, say, um, you introduce the concept of crypto through some app, right? Like, you can just use this app, and then you can do this thing. And then people are like, "Who gives a shit? I'm not going to use that app." And then the app isn't very successful. And then they say crypto isn't successful because that app isn't successful. But like, the whole space is much much larger than that, and so. Most people who are introducing the concepts aren't doing a very good job. They're basing it on the use case of some app that sucks. And it's going to be a while until we get one that's good or one that is, is, is large enough to where like people get the idea and concept of explaining it to other people because it's such a broad thing. Like, it, because it is so generalized and broad that like all, all the things it can do are either not going to be very good or they're not built up enough or like, you know what I mean? It can touch on so many different things and not all those things are, are like really, really people are going to care about or really good use cases for the technology, so on and so forth. And like, it's going to be a while until we find those one or you know five to seven apps that people use regularly. And yeah, but, so we have a, know, like the adoption. Context was, the context was like, how's it going to appeal to the average Joe and we get mass adoption? If crypto works really well, in B2B financial operations and supply chains, that's great, but the average Joe will not buy in. It won't be for them. 
They're not going to so, be anywhere near those conversations. Exactly. So, you know, if if I started this podcast and we said adoption is the only thing that matters, I didn't think I was going to be podcasting in 2030 talking about the same narrative when I can take this concept and go to a Ken Bozak and it, he gets it. He, he hook, line, sinker, it changes his life. Why isn't why isn't more people? I think the thing like that? The, I think the nuance in between what you're talking about is financial vulnerability, like, and that's a conversation to have that's real. But I'm sure I'm sure Ken wouldn't care. But when it comes to crypto, there's that three headed dragon, right? It's an investment. It's money. It's it's technology. When it comes to the investment, it looks pretty shiny sometimes when you're like holy shit i can make a lot of money from this that's why ken bought in hell that's why i bought in no ken, ken bought in because he got denied a bank account yeah i mean well then it worked for him as a money right but different people will buy it for now if all those three facets money tech and investment are taken care of for an individual they are not going to give a damn about crypto they're not it's gonna be they're just not it's it's gonna be a long shot unless they're like curious like probably joe blau is like he's just curious about it and he fucks around with it and he pays Matt, why, why do you care How about that like what, what what brought you into it why do you care at all gasp yeah i, I definitely came on late um just because the buzz was unavoidable around you know like mid to late 2017 so so I and why I'm still around is I definitely like lost a lot of money. That's for sure. Um, but I, I just believe that this is the future, and I just know that I want to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form, so that you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I can be like, yeah, I, I was a part of this in one way because I do believe that this is you know one day going to be. It's well, it's just going to work like gravity at some point, and just experiencing kind of the the ground floor of it's exciting from a you know from a from a builder myself granted it's not on blockchain or in crypto at all but it's still something that you know it's, it's interesting i think that's no an important like distinctive narrative that is different than than, than previous things like the, re- the reason why people should get involved in this stuff is because they have the opportunity to potentially invest in the new internet like not something that's built on the internet they're not building on it they're not investing in a dot com and the dot com boom they're not investing in something like that they're investing in the actual infrastructure the internet itself and you couldn't do that before like you can't get invest in i guess you could invest in like hardware like hardware companies that build servers or like buying bitcoin or ethereum or something like that that whatever whatever ends up becoming the thing that is what is used everywhere is investing in the internet or what would be the new internet and how you do stuff and not and then you're passively investing in all of the things that build on top of it because that's what you use if you build on top of these networks right so like if you invest in ether you're kind of investing in the success of all of the things that use ethereum or bitcoin like if you invest in bitcoin you invest in all the companies that use bitcoin and 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 if if a, if a few of those end up becoming wildly successful then congratulations you you have you you've made a probably a pretty good investment because it becomes the new internet and it's and i i find that opportunity that I, that thing to be involved with what will become how people use technology exciting personally and maybe that's because i'm a builder and i like technology and computers but like the idea that i'm getting in on the ground floor of what could potentially be how everything works later on down the line is a really cool thing to me and if you're good if that's why you get in then i think that's a good reason to get in because you don't you don't know you're not saying you know what's going to happen you're kind of making a bet that you like this thing could potentially happen but it's exciting and it's potentially lucrative based on whether or not you're like whether or not you're right but like it's the excitement of like i'm participating in this thing that hopefully my kids and their grandkids are going to take for granted that because they just grew up with it and it's transformed their lives and cello that means we're going to be podcasting for a long time that that what we're podcasting about may change slightly (laughs) but like 
Like, this isn't a five-year thing, right? Yeah. Get your marathon shoes on, my friend, and listen. And go, go read a Bruce Lee book. It's about the journey, not the destination. I don't know. I'm just saying shit. Ten years isn't a long time, man. I pulled up the 2009 movie list: Avatar, District Nine, and Glorious Bastards, Zombieland, Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's ten years ago, man. Zombieland's ten years old. I, yeah, I feel like I saw that shit yesterday. Star Trek. Are you serious? Fantastic, Mr. Fox. Up in the air. All these movies are 10 years old. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Get Holmes this. is 10 years old? Sherlock Holmes is 10 years old. Get this. This is going to blow your shit wide open. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is 10 years old. It probably won't blow your shit wide open. but Yeah, I I, I, you really brought that one up and failed to deliver on that one. <laughs> I know kids that are going to go see Toy Story 4 and be like, hey, the first Toy Story came out in 1995. And they're going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, my God, and, you're yeah. so old. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 10 years isn't a long time. I know it. The only thing is, I, I think, Cello, what you're falling into is like kind of the, um, I don't know the correct, correct word for this, but it's kind of a folly of our time is that, like, things aren't what they appear to be. And that's getting harder and harder to discern nowadays because the price of facts is so dramatically low and so um basically like because we live in this time where everything seemingly moves at the speed of light doesn't mean everything is moving at the speed of light it's It's almost counterintuitively slow because there's no way to like discern signal from the noise yeah there's so much noise and but my thing is is like the internet taking 40 years to mature there was nobody in the 80s like dyeing their hair green and going to internet conferences going yeah internet in the 80s everyone was like shut up dude that's because you couldn't like, invest in it but right? the thing you is you couldn't buy like, it and then it, it it go up in massive price and it change your life and you think i've made the right decision i'm a fucking god and yeah. you couldn't do that back then it was just a right. bunch of fucking nerds like the fact <laughs> that you can't invest in this do that He's not going to be able to do that nowadays. You, you, the enthusiasm that people had in 2013, 2014, that shit's going to fade soon. You know, the people that got burned or got hacked, they're gone. You know, if we made a pie chart about people who are going to be here in, in 2026, 2028, it's going to be people that are just like using it in the background for electricity. Oh, yeah, I'm part of the blockchain community, I guess. But they're not going to go on the blockchain Reddit and contribute or or follow Vitalik Buterin's blogs, or go to conferences. Tell me how enthusiasm is going to wane. Tell me how active that freaking... HTTP subreddit is. Right. It's just mass adoption to you guys is just going to be implemented. For me, mass adoption is like celebrating the the end of banks and people investing, learning about investing. You know, people that are getting rich off their returns. Like that, those are things to be celebrated about. And okay, ten years is a long time to hold enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, I maybe we need a football team. People love football teams. We need something like apps. (laughs) Apps only have a shelf life of three years. You can't wait. You can't wait thirty years for an app to mature. This is just going to go away. We just had that conversation. Litecoin was on UFC, so there's a there's a step. There you go. There you yeah. go, Shallow. Litecoin. Did, did Bruce Buffer know what the fuck he was talking about nope. when he said when he said it? Nope. So Hey, wait. Aren't we supposed to be talking about what we didn't talk about what we think is gonna happen in twenty nineteen at all. We just had one giant argument about adoption. Welcome to how we usually talk to each other anyway. Yeah, I know. Um Matt, what do you think's gonna happen this year? It's too late now, Corey. We can't right. just transition like do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> <laughs> uh like uh are we talking like price prediction or adoption or whatever the oh. hell you think is going to happen in 2019 i don't know your 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 own unique perspective Ooh. um i think we s- kind of just go sideways for a, a while unfortunately i think both from like a price perspective and from an adoption perspective i think it's going to take some of these big, like, you know, backed to go live and these ETFs to become real, to kind of bring back in some mainstream audiences. 
that could, you know, bring on more engineering horsepower, more investment from outside, not just investment into like, you know, Bitcoin itself, but in outside investment, non crypto funds, investing in crypto funds, just bringing on more engineering horsepower, more product horsepower. I think by the end of the year, we probably have some products that work, some products that are reasonably user friendly. Um, but I think we're looking towards the end of 2019 where we start to have some really like useful pieces of software. Um, and the price, you know, dips a bit and, you know, I think we probably end up somewhere, you know, below 10,000 somewhere by the end of the year. Nice. That's a good holistic, uh, prediction. I like it. Anybody else want to join in that game? Your turn, D. My turn. Your turn. I'm outside of the box with prognostication it. hat. Put it on. Prognosticate. Um, that's the transition song that we're going to use. Um, I think the canary in the coal mine is starting to sing with uh, institutional money being in and them not being able to hide that anymore. I see that this is going to move long and slow for the next couple of years while rules are made that people aren't going to like. Um, I think when I say canary in the coal mine, I'm talking specifically about the Winklevi saying that crypto needs rules and that everybody knows their buddy, buddy with, uh, regulators. And I think now there's enough institutional money in this, that they're going to try to put some laws down to secure their risk. And, uh, we're going to see some unique changes in the crypto space from a regulatory view that will do give access to certain people and restrict access to others. And it will be very historically concurrent with things the way, the way things currently are. And um, that means the price is going to move slow, but volume will slowly increase. But um, I'm pretty sure everybody that didn't have the guts to stay in crypto has been shaken out and the institutions are in and they're ready to watch their money grow for years to come. So that's what I see happening in 2019 and early 2020. Cello. Um, I, I think my uh, my negative views will extend through the year. I think <laughs> curmudgeon, curmudgeon all year. Get ready for yeah. it. I mean, look, I, I show up to the podcast because obviously I believe in more than just money. But I think the people, the narrative is like, oh, well, the next wave of cryptocurrency isn't going to come from price. It's going to come from content creators who are being demonetized and deplatformed. So it's just going to appeal to extremists and anyone who could benefit from uncensorable money. So we're, I think we're just going to attack like one party at a time instead of mass adoption. Uh, you still have Ripple out there, people saying it's a scam, some people it's not. Government is still oppressive. Uh, Coinbase is still going to be the crypto benefactor. Um, listen to Omar. He, he's probably one of the 1% of journalisms who don't have money. To, uh, people in, in his pocket so hopefully the journalism continues uh the price i think will be not much better than it is now i say just strap in i, I think it's good because if you're still in the crypto like like matt you're still here you, you bought in during like you didn't even need to tell me you lost money because you told me you bought in at that specific time period i knew but the fact that you're still here and if you continue to be here that's great so um i encourage people to stay in the space um, I agree with Corey, where I think that this is the ground floor of the next big thing. I'm just frustrated that it's taking so long. And not not in terms of, oh, it took 40 years for the internet, like things take time. Um, it, it's a very uh, fickle community. It's very hot and cold. And it's based on uh, cyclical patterns of the market and not you know people's individual interest where they're buying into technology or doing their due diligence. And, fit, and reading the white paper, uh, everything is surface level right now, and that's where my frustration comes from. So um, it'll be a, 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 I don't know, not a, an exciting, sexy year, but I think it'll be a necessary year so we have a great year in 2020. Sexy like a Prince song or sexy like uh, Celine Dion in the <clears throat> late 90s? Sexy like a 2 chain song. I call her Fat Booty because she got a fat booty. Okay, I like that. Okay. Deep, deep. Deep lyrics. Deep, deep lyrics yeah. from uh, Two Chains. All right. Uh, my turn. I think 
you're going to see a lot of the earlier hyped projects die in a fire because ah. um, although their <laughs> ideas were cool, the execution and greed associated with their early money rise was doomed to fail them. You're going to see a lot of that this year. Um, I think out of all of the scaling solutions, you're going to see a low-level scaling solution rise that brings whatever that chain is to to like a uh, much much higher and like the market cap, if you will. And layer two solutions out of all the different ones that are working, probably one of them will actually work, and it'll enable some use case that we haven't had previously that will get that'll gain popularity. The other ones will continue to try and do stuff and then keep the research going, but nothing will actually happen. I actually feel there's a possibility that Ethereum will like gain parity with Bitcoin, if not overtake it for a small amount of time. Depending on the success of the previous things I just said. So if those things come true, then I think Ethereum can either what say what does parity mean? Yeah. Even. Like price wise, yeah, or like the market, the like the the quote unquote market cap will gain the same price, and that's dependent upon whether or not the earlier things I said are true. Oh, the market cap. Uh, I think that um, we keep building new, novel, interesting technology with you know based in cryptography, which enables a lot of humans to do shit. But the humans associated with doing that shit will always suck, statistically. So. The adoption is the hard part because we as humans are really bad about coming to consensus about things we should be doing and how we do them, despite what mm-hmm. the tech allows us to do. And so that's going to continue to be a problem vis-a-vis like government rules, regulation, taxing, etc., which doesn't help people have any clarity around jumping in. So like people still aren't going to really know whether it's safe to put a shitload of money in because they don't know how they're going to be taxed or... Uh, they're not going to build businesses around it because they don't know how to tax it appropriately or whether or not the SEC is going to come after them. And until we have those types of regulations, certain jurisdictions just aren't going to use it because it's too much of a risk. Despite us building new technology that enables to do things, the humans around doing them are going to impede us from doing it. And I think they're going to continue to see that even more this year with no real regulation because even Americans, we can't even fucking figure out our government. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for tech. I don't think it's going to be that much of an interesting year for like the adoption of the tech. Can I um, offer an opinion on one thing you said you, at the very beginning? You said that ICOs and greed led to a lot of dumpster fires, and I think that it's irresponsible for a company not to try to maximize profit. CEOs. Oh. of billion dollar companies are still responsible for increasing profit and a CEO who puts his own morality before the success of a company he works for should be fired I think corporate greed is a myth I don't think the ICOs were as bad as people make it seem I'm and not I, talking I, about that I'm talking well, about I mean, people walking away with millions and millions and millions of dollars without doing anything they said they were going to do for the projects that they, they, they raised money oh, for yeah. they suck you say corporate greed is a myth yeah, well, a lot of people that say, oh, well, this company went out of business because they just raised a lot of money with ICOs instead of going the traditional way of getting investors and focus groups and building an actual company. But Corey clarified, and I agree with him. Oh, people should, people should maximize people. profits, but like we're building new business models. A lot of these things that I'm ICOs free. tried to do are brand new ways of, of like their experiments in economics in a lot of ways. And like everything else that's experiment-wise, most of those things fail. And so the early hype and greed associated with the tremendous amount of money they raised early on is doomed to fail. And somebody's going to walk away with a lot of money. And whether or not they do that in a fair distributed way where like the contributors get some of that money back or it goes to people who deserve it uh, is probably not going to happen. I hope that they do, but like the, a lot of these failed economic experiments are going to give us interesting insight as to what works, what could work. Um, but people are going to walk like greed is still will always be there. People will walk away with a lot of money, um, and while being an asshole at the same time. 
I just hope that the transparency associated with this tech will be able to see it. Me too. So we can't just continue and recycle the process of people building new projects, walking away with a bunch of money and leaving a bunch of people holding bags. Yep. Well, we're going to have to wrap. Yeah. We've been going a while. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks for opening up the conversation. We we started out with predictions and then we just went into an hour-long argument, I feel like, but people like it. Yeah, Matt, um, let me ask you real quick. Do you like this format or do you like us asking uh, developer X to come on and tell us about project A? Those are always tough because sometimes I'm completely indifferent about the project and then I'm kind of like, okay, this is interesting. But sometimes it's exactly something I'm interested in. So those are kind of like hit or miss. Uh, so I would say I, I like mixing it up. I like this format. Sometimes if you got if you have a project that you guys really feel passionate about and you think your users, your listeners do too, then I would say go with that. And if you don't, right. don't force it and do this because this works. We're going to Rick roll the shit out of you guys one day. Just that hour long of <laughs> never going to give you up. You got that down pretty good, T. That was nice. Wow. You found your calling. I've been practicing. You don't know what I do in the shower. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, we do. Thank you to uh, listening to the first week of the Bitcoin podcast. We're going on year four now. Um, it's And we're going to, Cello, I uh, hope you're ready because we're going to be doing this for 40 years. until. <laughs> I think this year, another, pers- or another prediction for this year is that this podcast is going to engage the community a lot more. Like we're going to try and be involved and have people be able to contribute to us. A lot more than previous years instead of just being passive listeners. Yeah. Like just like how Matt was able to call in and give his opinion and talk with us in the in the show. We'll do we'll do that a lot more. Can we have It'll the Chirosco? I want to have the giant Chirosco. Yeah, we can maybe do a giant Chirosco. Dude. It would be a lot easier to do this podcast for the next 10, 15 years if we had some goddamn sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like go uh, if you want to sponsor us, yeah, look. Uh, sorry, if you want to be a goddamn sponsor, let us know. Hit us up. Go to the website. Uh, go to the BitcoinPodcast.com. You'll find all the shit that we do. It's a lot. Um, and also listen to the other shows. It's, it's uh, Crypto yes. Till Infinity, the Bullpen Podcast, Dose of Ether. Um, there's some good shit that drops out of here. Long Blockchain Podcast. Um, hashing it out. Um, what else do we do? We have a blog. You can find that. Uh, we we also have a section on the website that it's gotten used one time. We we hope that it starts getting more. It's like you can record a question or a statement or basically anything you want to tell us, right? And then you can upload that to us and we'll play it on the show and we'll answer your question on the show. We did that in the last show. It was kind of cool. Someone asked about the job market and the best way to approach it. And we gave our advice as best as we knew how. So... um Am I missing anything, guys? Nah. Yeah, probably. Nah. But what yeah, go buy our book. Oh yeah, buy we have book. a book. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah, we have a book. You can go buy that shit. Um just go to the website to find out how to buy it. I don't know. How do I tell them how to buy it on the radio? I, I'm I'm gonna put a button on the sidebar on the website that will link you straight to the Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. It's free shipping. Okay. Uh, now you go to Amazon, type in describe Bitcoin, boom, Dr. Petty, me, and uh, Demteric shows up. It's what, got what? five star reviews. It's called Can You Describe Bitcoin, Ethereum, Blockchain in 10 Words or Less? It's got everybody in there from athletes to musicians to CEOs. Um, it's it's uh, It took three years to make. It's a fun there you go. It's a fun book. Um, well, that's it. Shout out to Zoe Saldana and Zazie Beats. Carla Lewis, play...